0: What up, what up? Jimmy Murray here with Frank Patilano and we are the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, mindset, and investing with an emphasis on cash flowing real estate.
1: Thanks for joining the Cashflow Kings and welcome to our new episode. We'll just call it real estate with Damian Lupo.
0: All right, guys. So before we dive in, we always talk about the fee. We're not into advertising on the podcast. We're not going to charge to listen, but the fee that we ask for is if you enjoy this episode, share it with a friend, give us a five-star review on iTunes. We sincerely, sincerely appreciate you guys tuning in. And if you have any questions in the meantime, uh, drop us a DM on Instagram. The handle is the Cashflow Kings. With that, Damien, we're excited to have you on. Jimmy, Frank, good to be here. Thanks for having me. So guys, Damien is a real estate industry veteran in multiple different facets. Um, we we're having a, an interesting conversation before we dove in here related to stages of the cycle. Um, so you've probably heard Frank and I talk more recently about how we're probably cresting or nearing the top of this real estate cycle. And Damien has a lot of good insight from the previous cycle. So Damien, I don't know if you want to dive into that first.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, when when I started real estate in the 90s, and it's kind of funny because I started New Year's Eve 1999. So I barely like I I got in there by 12 hours. So back in the 90s, you know, when I started, I I did this, I did a house and it was crazy, bought it on a credit card, and then went to some seminars like where we met in Colorado this year. And then I I just started doing what everybody said. And so I was buying and, and holding for cash flow and everything was going along making my 100 or 200 bucks per month per house. And then in 2004 and five, something really strange started happening. Um, I was watching the market and there was this excitement about real estate, kind of like there has been the last couple of years where everybody's wanting to do it. And that's awesome. There's a lot of opportunity. But I was watching houses, my houses going up 10, 15% a month. And I said, There's, this is not sustainable. People were buying stuff like they are now, sight unseen, overpaying, multiple bid offers above asking. And I go, wow. Like when you've been doing things, this is why it's having having balder grayer people on your team is useful because they've been through the stuff. They're like, yeah, <laughs> I've seen this twice already. Like this is not new. People go, it's amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's been amazing two times. And let me tell you how it ends.
0: <laughs> yes, right.
2: So let Let's circle.
0: Let's circle back on one point. So you said you're sitting there. Your your game is cash flow. You use some creative finance up front, and you're happy with 100 to 200 dollars per door.
2: Yeah. So these were these were houses, and, and it's interesting because when you're doing houses it's a different there's a different psychology meaning it's emotion whereas when you look at apartments and things those are spreadsheets that's a the value right. of that apartment is a multiple of the cash flow whereas a house there's an emotional person that wants to buy that thing and it means if rates go down and people get crazy then that house goes up right. so the crazy factor made those houses worth more and it was easy to enter so i just did it 150 times it was kind of like having a relatively okay sized apartment i just did it you know with like 150 little businesses not a great plan it was a little bit chaotic so it, but it worked you know and it's where i was it was my capacity to do it and and it you know it built up a half of it i ended up building up a 20 million dollar portfolio which i was pretty impressed with until i lost it yeah so i think of the folks
0: that we bring on the show, I think the best stories that we hear about are the folks that you know started with nothing similar to your story and then lost it all and then built it back up. So talk to us about kind of the downfall and the pain of that and and where you pivoted to grow back to where you are today.
2: well, I, I was just thinking about that when you said that because, when so I started off with probably negative something because when I first started I'd already lost all my money twice. All the money I, I made running little businesses and working my butt off, you know, working full time while I was in high school, I lost all that money within a year of turning eighteen because I wow. decided to become a stock market guy. Oof. And I what year was that? Yeah, 1999, that was in, right? That was 1995. Okay. So that was like the first foray into losing it all. And I was like, oh, I guess a stock can go down, even though your friend tells you it's an amazing company. So that took a year <laughs> to lose 97% of my money, which is all you turn 10,000 into 300. Really? It's like an airline business. You take a billion yeah. and turn it into a million. Same deal. Yeah. So I, I went out and, and lost it. And then I found margin. So I built up money going out there and doing Oof. other stuff. And, and I lost all, I, the second time I lost all my money, it took one day. It was where I I leveraged and I thought, this is great. I've got double the amount of stock and the stock went in half and my money went away. And I went, oh, so by the time I got to real estate, I'd already lost all my money twice. And so like, you're like, oh, it didn't kill me. I didn't really have that emotional intelligence back then. It took losing the 20 million before I had to go through. I really went through the cycle of understanding that losing money is, is just, it's an exercise and you get stronger and smarter. Unless you're stupid enough to do the same thing again and you don't learn anything, then you're just right. double dumb. Yeah, so is that? that was, I think that
0: might be a new catchphrase: double dumb. I, it, I like
2: that. <laughs> when you do it the second time, you're double dumb.
1: Risk taking <laughs> with Damian Lupo—that's that There you go. I like it. So, so that that
2: was that was the you know that was the process I just did you know when when those houses started going up, it was really interesting because I said, "Well, how could this make sense?" And then I started understanding because I'd studied history and and sociology and, and just in psychology and, and mass markets, it's, there's a craze. And when yep. a craze happens, you've got to be really careful because after I sold those houses, I had millions of dollars in cash. And in 2006, I said, well, what am I supposed to do? I know, I am super smart and bulletproof. So I'm going to do some more. So I went and I did everything. I literally bought multimillion dollar houses to tear down and rebuild. I bought apartments, I oh, built towers wow. all over the country. And I learned how to lose money in like seven different things at once. And it was like, each one cost me over a million and it, it sunk me. And it was, what I didn't understand was the patience of being in, in a frothy top. And that's one of the most important things for people, not to get in just to get in because you think that you're missing out because of FOMO. You get right. in because you've got something fundamentally sound and there's less and less of those out there. They are there, but I see more people doing things because they're excited. And I'm like, look, you need excitement, go take up skydiving.
0: I love that. So I have an investor that I talk with all the time. And he's looking for a deal. And I'm like, listen, the biggest thing that you need to pay attention to is aggressive patience, right? Be patient. And then when it's time to turn on the aggressiveness and you find that good deal, then we'll lock him out and we'll we'll get after it.
2: That's it. People don't understand patience. And I actually, it almost makes me laugh. I am laughing in my head right now, thinking about somebody going, I'm looking for a deal. And I go, (laughs) what are you actually looking for? Like, are you a deal junkie? And there are plenty of people They got to have a deal, man. They're bored. They got to do a deal. But there's also this, this angst. And I go, what do you really want? They're like, well, I want cash. I'm like, do you really want cash? Like, well, no, I want cash flow. And I'm like, okay, so that's what you're looking for. Right. How much? Well, a lot. Well, how much? I am like, when you drill down, it's like, well, you know, I want, I want to have $12,000 a month. I'm like, okay, so you're not looking for a deal. You're looking for $12,000 a month that comes in consistently without it potentially leaving you. And they go, yeah. Yep. You got to ask better questions. Most people are too emotional. And, and there's, no, there's no space in business and investing for emotion. You get killed if you do that.
1: This reminds me of a conversation I had yesterday with a brand new Massachusetts investor. And uh, they are out there. Uh, they're capital raisers, even though capital raising is not allowed. They're taking some program and everything else. They're like, oh, yeah, do you want to invest in our deal? This and that it says, OK, what do you have for a deal? Well, I don't have one yet, but it's a great time to buy in the market. I said, hey, listen, I'm not a no. I'm not a yes. Show me a deal and then we can work our way through it. You know, he's like, oh, I just, I'm just calling people off to LinkedIn. It's like, that's not how you raise capital. You got to raise capital through relationships, but he has, he has FOMO. He has fear of missing out and he's paying for a program in order to make money.
2: And, and you know what, to be, to be fair, I love the programs. I've spent over a million dollars on personal development and mentors. One mentor I invested or spent or got conned or whatever you want to call it. And it was $400,000 in two years. One guy, wow. his name is Dan wow. Pena. You guys can find him on the internet. Brian I've heard the name. interviewed him. Yeah, the $100 million man. Very interesting experience. And we use the word interesting. If you hear people say it, it usually means either terrible or crazy. Or psychotic or criminal. So you pick, but (laughs) you you can figure it out for your own. (laughs) The the point is all those things were valuable because I did something with them. And and one of the things I see people doing, whether they're looking at a mentoring program or a mastermind or a $5,000 weekend course, they go, what am I going to get out of this? And I go, wrong question, dum-dum. You got to go look at that thing and say, what am I going to put into this thing? You get a mentor, it's not about what the mentor is gonna do for you. A great mentor doesn't say anything. They just hold space and ask questions occasionally or they just go, hmm, and you're like, oh, I get it because you're, you are your own guru. There's a damn movie but with Tony Robbins about that. And I, I think people are missing the whole point that those are just, they're triggers and tools to tap into what's already in you. And people yeah. are looking for somebody to solve their problem because they're victims. And when you're entitled to the answers, instead of owning and taking responsibility for it, you have no power. And that's where most people are. It's where they go blame the system. It's not the system, it's you. Go do something. And that's what I have a problem with. And I think there's a potential for people to really rock it if they'll take ownership of it. My Hurry answer on.
1: to him was that he did not call, he had not called one person in his own personal group. He was doing it outside of the, box trying to it's like you no know, no work on your own relations first you might have someone already in your system you know already already a best friend or something like that he doesn't even know he hasn't even asked him
2: that, that sounds like that's when i when i was a 19 I was selling Kirby vacuums, and then I was vacuuming the Arco building in Alaska at night, so I was working 16 hours a day, knocking on doors, and the first thing I did was go to my friends and family and say, hey, let me show you this amazing vacuum. Don't worry, you don't have to buy, and then it was a strong-arm tactic to get everybody to buy, so I had no friends after that, and I barely had a family, but it was, it was funny because you, you don't want to go to your friends and family when you're raising money because one, they look at you like, hey, look, I changed your diapers. I'm not giving you money. You're crazy. And the other <laughs> one is you have no idea what you're doing. So you're going to look like an idiot when you fail and, and you fall on your face. So I can see why people do that. But the reality is you're right. It's about relationships and it's about trust. And you, you, know, you need to talk to people and, and just start nurturing that stuff. It's not about Facebook spamming people. I mean, this isn't boiler room. People treat it like it is, though. Yes. It
0: sure is. The amount of Facebook spam and Instagram spam that we get, and we're still on a small scale. Like, I feel you. I feel you on that comment. It all goes back to accountability, though. Like you said, like you, you've got to look internally first. And I think the part um, or the component of what you just said that really resonated with me is that that mentor should sit and kind of take up space and ask questions to, to guide you. Right? They're not gonna They're not gonna give you that silver bullet to give you that twelve thousand dollars a month in cash flow that can help guide you to your desired outcome. And one of the things that you were talking about is. When you're asking questions to figure out what the desired outcome was for that person that said, "Hey, I want to go buy this or whatever it is," I think about the Patriot. You guys remember the movie The Patriot? He's teaching little kid or his son to shoot the gun, and he's very young, and he's like, "Aim small, miss small." So I think about that all the time. Like, do you want to go out and acquire cash flow? Okay, how much cash flow do you need? How many multifamilies is it going to take you to get there? Where are the where are those multifamilies you want to acquire? So if you can dial in and say, "Hey, listen, I want to have a thousand dollars a month in passive income. I want to own eight units in." the darlings neighborhood of Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And I want to only buy two families. Like now you're really dialed in. You set that antenna to attract that towards yourself.
2: Well, and here's, here's an interesting twist on, on that, which I think a lot of people totally miss out on. There's this, we've been conned into believing the secret this movie that, and the book and people yeah. go, if I just believe it and will it, then the money will fall from the sky and hit me in the head. <laughs> no. And I go, it's not the law of attraction. You dumb, dumb. We're back to dumb, dumbs. There's a lot of dumb yep. thinking out there there. It's, it's not about law of attraction. It's about the law of awareness. Right. So once you've done what you just described, you see it, it's right in front of you. I mean, everybody listening, there is, there's millions and millions, if not billions in your own acres of diamonds right in front of you, behind you, inside right. of you. But what happens is your internal vision and you're looking right around it and, and that awareness, all of a sudden you you see it. It's, it's amazing. People go, I'm looking for a deal. I'm like, open your eyes. You're looking, but your eyes are closed. That's right. the problem.
1: Yep. I say you don't know what you don't know. Sometimes it takes, it takes a, a little bit to actually say, wow, I had this all along, you know?
2: Is there- so
0: so Damien, you get to the point where you figure out how to lose money seven, seven different ways, kind of million dollar money losing strategies. Um, How do you come out of that? And how do you wind
2: up where you are now? Yeah, so I think some people should just turn off this episode right now and stop listening. Like this guy's going to teach me how to lose all my money seven different times. He's done it three different times. He's done it seven different ways. Uh, sorry, what was the question? (laughs) So, so you get to that last market crest,
0: Let, let me circle back and say, what were some of the things that you were seeing, right? So you sell off the 150 houses and then you start, you know, essentially using different strategies to invest. But what are some of the things you're seeing towards the top of that last market cycle?
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I read a lot of books about the stock market. William O'Neill, who's the founder of Investors Business Daily, and a lot of things. If you look back in the nineteen twenties and thirties, when you see the Great Depression, you see all the stock tipping, and you see reading Bernard Bosch or these different books, these classic books. Market, um, what's it? Market tops. There's a book. It's a classic book. Anyway, the point is, what you start seeing, you start hearing, is everybody's an expert. Everybody's getting in. And when everybody's getting in, there's a reason that people like Warren Buffett, who generally is one of the smartest investors out there, even though he says, I'm, I'm dumb, dumb for not doing an Amazon, but whatever he's, you know, he's made billions. It's what, there's a contrarian play where you don't do what everybody else is doing. And sometimes, and the reason we do what everybody's doing is it's a tribal mentality. It's why wildebeests and Buffalo go in, in packs. They have no idea where they're going. Cause they're surrounded by other dumb dumbs on four legs running right. off a cliff or into a net or something. So I, I think we do we do this as a survival thing. We don't want to die. If we're on the outliers, a contrarian is more apt to get killed financially. Or if you're on your own in the woods, you just you're more likely to get eaten by something. You got a tribe, you're you're more likely to survive. So what I see is I see people banding together and doing dumb things, and they think, "Oh, it's fine because everybody else is doing it," and then they end up in an echo chamber on Facebook or Instagram. And look, all my friends are making millions. No, they're not. They're projecting pictures of Ty Lopez's Lamborghini. I mean, give me a break. So <laughs> I'm keep... glad
0: that you're a fan of Ty as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think Ty is a brilliant marketer. Um, I also think it, most of the philosophy is BS. And it's, it's because you've, in reality, you've got to create value and do something. Just selling something to somebody to me is a criminal act. If you're not doing something that's just and right, because if you say, no, there's a free market and I'm a big libertarian free market guy. Yeah. But that's also saying, Hey, look, this is a free market. Here's the crack, go smoke it, die. And I know better. (laughs) So I'm not of that opinion that just selling something because somebody will buy it is the right thing to do. And I think there's a lot of people that go, well, I'm just going to be an internet marketer. doesn't matter what I'm selling, man, you're going to hell.
0: Right. Nope. I feel that. I feel that. Honestly, I shared very share very similar beliefs and in, in Thai because I've watched them. Um, actually I, I heard him speak at 10X, I want to say two years ago now. And he shared this formula and I and it was about building an infinitely scalable brand to become a billionaire. And it was brilliant. But you will never you'll never see him put that on the internet. Right. Because it was that good that he, he's going to figure out another course to sell to, to get it to you. But,
2: <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and to be to be fair to Ty, I mean, he's, he's very creative. He's very smart. He's a, he's a savvy business person. Absolutely. And this isn't that like beat up Ty show. It was just it was funny because I saw I was, I was like, who is this guy? I see all these Lamborghinis yeah. and then people are like, is that his Lamborghini or is that like I remember when I owned a Ferrari, it kind of owned me. But then I decided one wasn't enough and I ended up in a car club. And so I had pictures of me with Lamborghinis and then the internet freaked out and, and I was it was crapping all over me and saying, What a, what an a-hole he's got all oh, he's just you know showing off with Lamborghinis and I was like, Well whatn't even my Lamborghini? So you gotta really <laughs> ask the question, what is true? And that was the about the internet, and that was the question I asked after melting down and losing twenty million bucks when I wrote Reinvented Life what is true. And most people need to read that book before they go and lose 20 million because guaranteed, if you don't understand what's true, you're gonna lose 20 million. I'm just telling you, that's that's the formula. Unfortunately, if you're too arrogant and naive going in and you don't understand how to leverage off other people's experiences and their stupidity, like you know, leverage off of mine, then you're really apt to and I'm prone to make the same mistakes, which is really stupid because life's too short. You can't make all the same mistakes. There's plenty to make and then you write your own book. And then you teach other people, but making the same ones, I'm looking at people like, why, why do you need to do this? Something in our, in our frontal lobe or our our neocortex, something insists on us going through. It's like when your parents say, you don't really want to do this. You're like, whatever, they don't know. And then you go do it. and You run your car into a tree. And then they're like, what do I, what do I have to say? There's nothing you can say because we're animals. Like we're dumb, dumb animals. And we just do these things. Don't
1: put your hand on the stove.
2: No, I'm going to try it. (laughs) Right. So
1: Damien, where can
0: folks get that book? Is it on Amazon? Yeah, all
2: all the books are on Amazon.
0: Good stuff. Good stuff. So I know one of the things you're most well known for are these qualified retirement plans. So you start in real estate. I actually
2: started in the stock market, lost all your money in 97%. And I started in the Arctic Circle in Alaska. That's right. Like it really started. I was dodging polar bears in the middle of nowhere (laughs) in oil fields. So that was the, 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 the origination.
0: Good stuff. So, as you're dodging polar bears, you're like, "All right, how do how can I find this retirement vehicle to help people invest in more real estate or invest their retirement savings how how they like?" Um, maybe you can talk to us a little bit how you came across that idea and some of the things that you're doing today.
2: And I was not that smart. I was asking the stupid questions. My question back in in 1996, when I was in the Arctic Circle, was, "How do I work for three years cutting up fruit so I can retire and trade stocks and be done when I'm 22?" That was my, that was my brilliance. So which if you're listening right now, you're like, that's the dumbest thing. i And like, it was the dumbest thing now, but I mean, the, the evolution was after I lost this money on the other side of it, one of the things that you learn is that if you're a walking, talking balance sheet, if that's your life, if you're looking for a deal and that's all your life is. And unfortunately when people say, no, I got other things. I'm like, yeah, but all you do is do deals. You talk about deals. You think about deals and look, I know you're Grant Cardone. I get it. You're uh, obsessed. Okay, cool. I read the book too. And I like that stuff. The, the problem is if, you're just, if it's just about the money, you're missing the point. The money is a side effect. And, and so on the other side of this, I started asking questions like, what the hell is true? Who am I? And I started doing work with somebody else because I didn't know what I didn't know, to your point earlier. And, and he helped hold the space where I asked the question, what is true? And what I found, what I've realized was I'm a teacher, and I'm a teacher that teaches from experience. That's how I stay in, in, in an ethical uh, place where it's not just something I learned and then I'm regurgitating crap like they do in in Ivy league schools for way too much money that buries you alive forever. I I went out and I was doing stuff and i was like, okay, well, I'm going to teach from what I know. And what I know is how I've lost money. I've made money. And what, there's gotta be a mission here. The mission can't be the other M it can't just be money. So I, my, my version of becoming a billionaire went from Grant Cardone's to Peter Diamandis, there was a shift where being a billionaire is more about impacting a billion lives. And so I said, okay, I'm going to start off with impacting a million by breaking the financial shackles. How do you do that? You help people leave the fear of retirement because we have this fear that we're going to run out of money before we run out of alive. And I saw that with my parents. My dad died, I think early because he ran out of money and didn't want to be a burden on his family. So when he had cancer, he got really sick. And I remember him saying, you know, kind of alluding to this, I feel like I don't, I don't want to be a burden. And like he checked out and he was gone. And so I said, and this was about 10 years ago when this was all going down and I started thinking, okay, what can I do about this? And I started investigating things that were out there in the retirement space. That's where people's money is. I mean, it's truly people have cash, but mostly liquidity is in retirement accounts. Absolutely. Equity might be in a house, but you're not going to eat your house. Right. So what are you going to do? You're going to eat your retirement account. The problem is most people's retirement account is sitting in a casino and they're riding a roller coaster in the casino. It's like freaking Vegas. There is a roller coaster in a casino in Vegas. That's what the freaking wall street is. It is so, so funny you say me.
0: that I have a degree, <laughs> in, I have a degree in finance and I graduate. And my dad's like, all right, what'd you learn? I'm like, you could have sent me to the casino. And he's like, don't yeah. tell me that. I'm uh, like, no, I'm serious. So I, I hear you.
2: That That's, that's unfortunately there's an, the system teaching people finance, whether it's an MBA from Wharton, it teaches you how to, how to analyze and look at companies. It does not teach you how to be an entrepreneur. It doesn't teach you about real, real risk, but it teaches you how how it's really how the system screws people and it's a really effective system. So, so I saw this and I I said, okay, well, what are the options? Like, you know, you've got an IRA or a 401k and then you just kind of smoke a bunch of hopium and maybe it'll work out. I (laughs) I was like, that's not a good strategy. I mean, hope is great, and hope is eternal, but smoking hopium is a dumb, dumb idea. So so I said, okay, well, what are the alternatives? And I, when I dug into the tax code, and I spent years doing this, I ended up on the other side of that with a book called The QRP Book, and this was about retirement plans and how we have options. Oh, can't see to, it. Wow. Frank to, just went invisible. Frank's right? yeah, so right, right. invisible in. here. I'll, I'll
1: invisible. To try to... I'll, I'll on uh, virtual so I can show it. Go ahead. Keep go.
2: Yeah, so, so it's... So what I... What most people don't realize, and to me, you get in an echo chamber, and you're talking to people, and everybody seems to know, but in reality, most people don't realize that you can take all these IRAs and four hundred one k's and invest them in real estate, physical gold, you know, private companies, and they also don't realize there it is, the QRP book, with no green screen. Uh, so, the. They, they, and when we learn, we go, oh, it's a self-directed IRA. That's what I should do. And nobody tells you at the custodian that if you do that, you're going to lose 35%, 37% in taxes. Like, wait, it's an IRA. So there's all this confusion out there, and there's all these marketers that are teaching a bunch of crap that's not even true. And then when you end up buying something, they don't tell you the truth either. And then end up, all of a sudden, the truth is you get a tax bill. And you're like, what? It's a tax shelter. Nope, wrong one. So this is, this is where I've, I've been spending time years and years building an operation around this and it was it was basically to give people a a, a prayer around being free and not being trapped because you know you we talked about wall street a second ago i had some people that came to me about five six years ago and they said we need some help and i said with what they said with our money and i said why and they said well we've got a couple million bucks we're we're selling our house we think should be and i was like geez you guys are you don't know what to do at all. Like, do you know how to sh- tie your shoelaces? And they're like, well, should we sell? i like, okay, fine, sell it. So they sold it. They have a couple million bucks. They go, now what do we do? Because they had no training. This is the typical person that works, has a 401k, was a great employee, but has no clue in investing. It's a different part of your brain. And, and so they said, well, we want some mentoring. So I said, okay. Worked with them for about a year and a half. And they did some stuff, bought a rental house, forgot to get insurance, ended up in a hurricane, almost lost the house. With, and over. I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we're, you know, we're good. I was like, all right. So they said we're good. We're going to move on. I said all right. Took them two years. They lost all the money. That is unfortunately the norm. If you don't lose it, you're so afraid of losing it, then your life you're paralyzed. And if you if you're not paralyzed, you take action. Generally, you end up losing it. And so and you have an experience. It's called a seminar of life. So there's an important aspect of having a balder, grayer mentor that's asking you questions like why, and tell and, and prove it. And explain somebody you respect enough that you're paying enough that you'll actually pay attention to, and you won't just go. They don't know what they're talking about. When you're paying somebody four hundred thousand dollars, you listen real close. Yeah. now Don't don't go get a mentor for four hundred thousand. I'm just saying, get somebody that makes you uncomfortable, that you trust and respect, that will give you the honest truth, and and tell you how it is, not how you want it to be. People are like, I want to find people that will tell me what I want to hear. I'm like, they're not saying that, but that's what they're doing. Right.
1: That's crazy.
2: There's the monologue for you. How's that? I love that. <laughs> love No, I've
1: been joining this episode. They can uh, people that are going to be listen to us, they can't see all our head shaking, Jimmy and I agreeing with what you're saying. And uh, we're not doing it just to be yes men. are just you're just uh, speaking what we always prefer to say as well.
2: Well, I mean, Honest. I think I think part of what happens is as you get I notice this as I get older and I'm around people that are 10, 20, 30 years older than me, there's a there's a sense of calm with some of them, the ones that are still trying to figure out how to invest their money and get 7%, they're in trouble. But the other ones, as they get older, they're just calmer about stuff. They're like, look, I just, I just, I get it. You know, I know how it is and I've been through it and I'm not as wound up. And unfortunately I think people are just chasing everything. They're going really shallow. They don't really focus on mastery. And that's one of the biggest keys. You want the secret to success mastery, go deep on something. I, it doesn't matter what it is. But when you go deep, you become important and relevant to people that go, I'm looking for authorities. We're looking for wise authorities. We're not looking for knowledge bombers. And that's what we have. We have people that are just bombing us. It's like an attack of a swarm of birds just shitting all over us all the time. It's like, ah, nobody likes that. But yet, that's what we think we should do. Learn a little bit about everything. And then we're like, what, Abe Lincoln? Give me a break. You need to be a specialist. You need to figure something out. And then people will come to you. And then all of a sudden, you've got power. That's the key. But people are too, they're too sporadic and too FOMOing.
1: That is the key. I like to uh, partner with Jimmy because he he can go deep on certain issues. Me, I'm more of a jack of all trades, which sucks. And I know I got to eventually grow up and, and become an expert at something. We'll see.
2: I it could- takes it, it. It's hard because when you, one of the things that happens in George Leonard's book Mastery, there's a process of plateauing. And part of my background is is deep martial arts. I've been studying for 20 years, and I created Yokido, my own martial art that blends yoga and Aikido and Reiki together. And what, what's interesting is that you start to understand this at a cerebral level in martial arts. You'll do the same thing, you think, for two years. And you're like, nothing is happening. It's called the plateau. And Then one day, boom, it's like somebody just broke the, the wrap off of, of the package. You're like, oh, it's open. I can move. I'm free. I get it. Aha. I understand. Same thing with, with real estate investing business it's these moments where, oh my gosh, like I felt like I was just beating my head into a wall. And sometimes you are beating your head into the wall and you should move three feet to the left or right and move through the door. Like that is true. <laughs> but the plateau is really valuable if you understand you're in the plateau and you're willing to commit. And you, uh, Frank, you mentioned growing up and, and you know doing something like, like that. It's, it's truly time consuming. And what we're so, the problem is we're so impatient. We want everything today. And so we go, well, I don't have time for that. Well, you don't have time not to cause two years later, you're going to still be doing the chase and it's, and and then you're going to be like frustrated and wake up at 60 going, what happened? You know, you just bounce around.
0: Yeah, Definitely. for sure. For sure. So people can't see the video right now as they're listening to the podcast, but I am literally like I've, I have multiple book recommendations written down. So I'm excited for this cause I'm a huge book nerd. and It sounds like Damon, you are too. So, uh, I appreciate all that stuff. Um, But I feel that plateau because it really can happen in any facet of your life, whether you're trying to lose weight, whether you're trying to learn about real estate, like you you kind of hit that flat spot for a little bit. And it's not about going to find something else, become a jack of all trades and a master of none. It's about sticking with it because eventually it will open up exactly like you're talking about.
2: Well, and, and here's an interesting, on the other side of this, because my friend Robert Kiyosaki talks about three sides of a coin, you know, there's yes. a side, and, and he, he goes, look, don't, don't be great at anything, because people ask you to do things, and, and I'm like, okay, and I so like I, hear it, I hear him re- you know, resonating, and, and we've talked together, and he says the same things when you're one on one with him, and he's like, I, I'm just like, the, I, I'm the dumbest guy, I, I, I sit on the couch like my rich dad, and, and I've got great people like Kenny McElroy and these different people, and they know what they're doing, and I'm like, you're not that dumb. But he's also accurate that the problem with being smart is people do come to you. And so part of the evolution is being an authority and then being able to teach and give that to other people and then let them run and be, become smarter than you. If you're always the smartest one, you're in trouble because you're going to be tired. And Absolutely. you will not ever make the progress and, and get anywhere the same way you would with a team. And that's hard. Like, I, I resisted this for years, having a team. So, when I did have a team, I had a bunch of do- dodo birds, like literally people that weren't that smart. And so, I was the smartest guy on everything. Ooh, that's and a problem. It's a huge problem because I didn't have time to do all the things. And I had people that were like, okay, what's next? And I was like, geez, difference is today I've got people that are doing things. I don't even know what's happening half the time because they're so smart and they're so good. It's a shift. But those people are not minimum wage people. Those are, those are rock stars, and they know they're rock stars. And when you embrace that and you, and you get your ego out of the way, you can actually end up growing, not because you're working yourself into a ditch, but like because you've got the best team in the world. And that's, that's a huge shift, and it's, it's an emotional shift too.
0: Absolutely. So towards the end of the podcast, we dive through a series of questions. Frank, want to fire away?
1: <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So Damien, if someone wants to become a better investor, besides your book, what would you recommend?
2: Uh, understand how to raise money. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. And, and the, the QRP, this, this is not going to be the fastest answer, but it's going to be an important one. The reason I wrote the QRP book was for people to get control of their money and for people to help teach other people. It's about growing people together. It's not just about you getting rich and you getting powerful. It's about bringing people along. And so when you're teaching other people how to use their money, their retirement money, then all of a sudden y'all win together. It, it becomes a fairer thing, not I win, you lose, or any of that nonsense. And so what you have to learn how to do is communicate how to, how to invest, and, and here's how you, how you do it, and you raise money doing that, and it's, it's a process, and it has everything to do with relationships and trust, and the vehicle, quite frankly, is the EQRP, because that gives people power and control. It is not for sissies, and it is not for communists, it's not for snowflakes, and it's not for justifying victims. So I'm telling you who it's not for, just in case you're wondering.
1: <laughs> oh
0: my god, I love it! So for folks listening in, can they check out a website? Maybe learn a little bit about
2: a little bit more about that, or and you don't even have to go to a website. Just text the word EQRP to seventy-two thousand. It's really simple. Like what we're talking about is the EQRP. It's the Enhanced Qualified Retirement Plan, if you want to know what it stands for. It's not like spaghetti soup. It's, so text EQRP to 72,000. You'll get a download of the report, which is a sum of the book. So if you like the book, I'll send you the book too. If you want the report, which you can digest in 10 minutes, it gives you the nuts and bolts of what the EQRP is about, how to use your money and how to raise money. So in 10 minutes, you're going to be a bit of a rock star because you'll know more than 99.9% of the population. It's, and you, all you got to do is text. Everybody knows how to text. Everybody, three-year-olds know how to text. Text the word EQRP seventy-two thousand, and boom, you'll have you'll have the wisdom, at least a bit of it. Good stuff.
1: <laughs> there you go, the, the the start of the mastery.
2: It's the start of it. First what step,
1: is uh, what is one book that you've read recently that you
2: consider a must-read? Principles. Yeah. Ray Dalio's book Ray Dalio. is, is powerful. Brilliant. It's it, it is, and he's a smart dude. And it's it's you know life and business. And I, I know a lot of people are trying to mesh everything and teach everything. And I think that that's one of the, it's, in general, a dumb thing to do to try to teach everything. Ray has earned that right, in my opinion. He's, he's earned the right. And if you don't know, one of my problems is my, 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 not only my mission, but my values, my morals were money. It was one word. It summed up everything. And that's crazy. I was like the world's best hedonist, you know, other than Julius Caesar, but you know, a while ago and and when you switch over to a place where you actually have values that you think through them and they guide you that's that's your rule book like when the nfl plays now they have masks but they actually have rules and they have they all play by the same rules they know what the rules are if you don't know what your rules are you're going to chase any shiny object you're going to be like a damn drunk squirrel chasing shiny nuts Like, this is not a good plan. Got to figure out what the values are. Pick the values, whatever they are for you. And then you'll decide based on those values, who to invest with, what to invest in, who to hire, what to do, how to wake up. And like, it'll just guide your life so easily without those things. You're just going to be a reptile. I hear that.
1: All right. Last question. Uh, What do you want to be when you grow up? Where do you see you and your business five years from now?
2: Man, it's, it, you know, I, I just heard somebody talking about a five-year plan, and they said, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What's your six-month plan? And I was like, huh, that's, uh, that's, a, good, that's a good point. And it was somebody super smart. I think it, was, it might have been Jim Rickards or somebody. And by the way, if you haven't listened to him or read his books, read his stuff and pay attention. He's the smartest geopolitical thinker in the world, in my opinion, right now. And so you know, I think five years out, it, what I'm doing is I'm stretching myself as much as I can in the next six months the 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 point of the five-year thing is it's it can be difficult. a little
1: dreamy it can be a little dreamy We're well here's the out. thing you know i
2: think <laughs> i think a lot about business and and so when i think about five years i'm not procter and gamble i don't have an assembly line of things where i know i'm going to launch a project and product in two years there's a lot that's changing like in in five in one year my team will probably be double in size if not two and a half or three times so five years who knows i mean the right. dreamy part What I will tell you is that my life is going to be focused on serving other people. And I think a lot of people say that, but they don't actually follow through because it's a shit shit ton of work. And and it's totally worth it when people go, you know what? You actually changed my life because of something you said because you cared enough to call me back. Oh, Oh, by the way, here's the other secret to success. Call people back. Nobody calls anybody back anymore. They don't follow through. They don't follow up. They're just like, oh, well, he didn't give me his money for not doing anything. So therefore, I'm going to go talk to somebody else. And instead, all you have to do is call people back and show them you care. We have three rules, you guys, and this, and maybe we'll I'll wrap on this. My dream this is to be is consistent. This is, this is huge. In five years, I'll still be doing my three things, which is doing the right thing, doing the best I can, and showing people I care. Do that every day, and you'll change the world.
0: I love, love that. Love that. So we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of the Cashflow Kings podcast. Damien, if somebody wants to reach out to you learn a little bit more about the EQRP, where's, where's the best place to go?
2: Text that number, text EQRP to 72,000. And and if you hate your phone and you don't know how to text, I I really can't help you, but uh, you can always go to the website and learn more, which is eqrp.co. He's all over
1: social media. You'll find him.
2: Perfect.
0: So in between podcasts, guys, if you want to check out our website at thecashflowkings.com or
1: give us a follow on Instagram or Facebook, cheers to your success. The Cashflow Kings program is for basic entertainment purposes only. We do not give official legal, tax, or investment advice.